I'm Lisa Collins, and welcome to today's teaching of Real Christianity with your teacher, Mosley Collins. Each week, we try to bring you a study of God's Word that will encourage and equip you to live a life that God can bless, to live a life of real Christianity. And now, I am proud to present your brother in Christ and my husband, Mosley Collins. Hi, darling. Thank you so much. We're so happy to be here with you today. We're live in the studio, and I'm joined by some of my favorite people. One of them is my daughter, Casey. Can you say hello, Casey? Hi, everybody. Casey uh, is actually, I'm joined by one and a half people, or actually two, because Casey uh, has a baby Casey in her womb. And Casey, how far along are you today? I'm five and a half months. That's great. And, uh, you know, I was thinking the other day and telling my wife that uh, these are some of the great, great days of my life because I'm surrounded by uh, my family, people I love so much, my daughter Casey, her husband Shane, Baby's on the Way, my wife Lisa, our other children, Rod, his kids, Krissa, Bo. It's just a great, great time in my life. And I think it's important that we, you know, we think about how important it is our family is to us. Even though, you know, there's always going to be problems. There's always going to be things we have to struggle with. But if we have our family around us, what a great moment that is. Now, I'm just so excited today because we're here talking about a subject that really can change your life. It can really change your home. And this is a part two in a series entitled, Teach Your Children the Bible. Teach Your Children the Bible. And last week, uh, we had part one. And it's so important to be able to teach your children the Bible. You know, and I was thinking as I was preparing for this message that where we go and what we hear preached and taught from the Word of God is sometimes influenced by who's preaching it and who's teaching it. For example, I've shared with you the scriptures that say you should teach your, your, your Bible to your children. You should teach the Word of God in your own home to your children. Let me share one of those with you. It's Deuteronomy 4, 9, and here's what the Bible says. Only be careful and watch yourselves closely so that you do not forget the things your eyes have seen or let them slip from your heart as long as you live and teach them to your children and to their children after them. That's Deuteronomy 4.9. And uh, another one is Deuteronomy 11.19. Casey, can you read that for us? Sure. Teach them to your children. Talk about them when you are at home and when you are on the road when you are going to bed and when you are getting up. So here the Bible is telling us, teach your children the Bible. Um, and here's another one. It's Psalm 78, verses 1 through 8. And Casey, can you read that for us? Oh, my people, listen to my instructions. Open your ears to what I am saying, for I will speak to you in a parable. I will teach you hidden lessons from our past, stories we have heard and known, stories our ancestors handed down to us. We will not hide these truths from our children. We will tell the next generation about the glorious deeds of the Lord, about his power and his mighty wonders. For he issued his laws to Jacob. He gave his instructions to Israel. He commanded our ancestors to teach them to their children, so the next generation might know them, even the children not yet born, and they in turn will teach their own children. So each generation should set, should set its hope anew on God, not forgetting his glorious miracles and obeying his commands. 
Then they will not be like their ancestors, stubborn, rebellious, and unfaithful, refusing to give their hearts to God. You know, how clear this is and how important this is. You know, the Bible says that we, in the passage that Casey just read, we should not hide these truths from our children. And we forget to teach the Bible to our children. We are, in, in a sense, hiding them from our children. But instead, the Bible encourages us to teach these to our children so that they might know them and even teach them to children not yet born. And um, Casey's got a, Casey and Shane have a child that's not yet born. And we think we're going to name her Joe Lee. We've been working on Is that right, Casey? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> we've been, uh, you can't imagine the number of names we've considered. But I think they've settled on Joe Lee. So I have taught Casey the Word of God as she was growing up. And now she's going to be teaching that to Joe Lee after Joe Lee is born. And that's how the blessing and knowledge of God is passed down. And so, as it says in verse uh, Psalm 78, verse 7, so that each generation should set its hope anew on God. Isn't that what we want for our kids, that they would set their hope on God? Now, does it come as a surprise to you that God wants you to teach your children from the Bible? I don't think that should really come as a shock. But have you ever heard that taught in church? Now, however many sermons you've heard, how many times you've been to, to church, and church is good, but this is something that's not often taught in church. A few churches teach it. But you probably have never heard the pastor teach you, you should go home and teach your children the Word of God. Why is that, that we don't really hear that in church? You know, the modern church feels, I think, that it's their job to teach the Bible. But as we saw, as we read the scriptures, that's not true. It's not totally true. It's true that they should teach the Bible in church, but that's not the whole truth. The whole truth is that you and I should be teaching the Bible at home to our kids. You know, the modern church sees itself as God's chief place where people should come and hear the Word of God and be taught. But that's really only a partial truth. The whole truth is that you and I, on a Wednesday night, on a Thursday night, on a Sunday afternoon, on a Saturday night, should be calling our kids to come and sit down with us, and we should teach them the Bible. You know, one of the chief places chosen by God for your children to hear the Word of God is actually your home. It's not the church. The church is good, and they should hear it there, but God's hoping that you would make your home a place where they would hear the Word of God taught. You know, did you know this, that parents are the, a major and perhaps the major influence on a child's life as it's growing up? Not the pastor, not the Sunday school teacher, not the youth leader, parents. You know, these other people are important, but they're not as important as parents and may not even be as, as important as grandparents who will teach their grandchildren the Bible. Now, the modern church is good. It does many good things and many great things and many godly things. But for the most part, it has failed to teach us that we're supposed to teach our children at home the Word of God. And that's our goal, is to equip you and show you in this series how to teach your children the Bible. Now, why don't we teach our children the Bible at home? Well, some people are going to say, you know, I'm just too busy. 
and other people are going to say, I don't know how. But we need to think about those things because, you know, someone might say to me, well, I take my kids to church. You know, church is good for kids, and the least involved thing a parent can do is drop their kids off and go somewhere else and pick them up after church is over. I've seen that before. The parent drops the kids off. You ever seen that, Casey, where they just, you ever friends where the, the parents would just drop them off at church? Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. And, you know, um, Jesus said something that's important here. He, Jesus said, follow me. In other words, do what I'm doing. So if you just drop your kids off at church and go do something else, what we're really saying is, well, church is important when you're a kid, but when you get to be an adult, you really don't need it. And that's not really a message we want to send. There's a, um, a saying that I've heard before, which says, what you are doing is speaking so loudly, I can't hear what you are saying. The kids really notice whether we follow through with our own Christianity. And this, the second thing we do sometimes with our kids is we take them and we go to church too. And we drop them off and we send them to their class and they get taught. And then after church, we pick them up and we go home. But in that case, we're really just chauffeurs. We're just driving them to church, dropping them at Sunday school, or taking them to the youth meeting, and then we go to our main sanctuary. But we're just chauffeurs in their life. We're not really teaching them. It's good to take your kids to church, and it's good for you to go too. But what I'm trying to do is instill in you a new thing, which is you yourself teach your kids the Word of God. Now, Casey, uh, what happened last night at our house uh, Saturday night about uh, 7 o'clock? We had a Bible study with um, it was you, me, Shane, my husband, and my little brother Bart and two of his friends. That's right. We had a Bible study at um, our house, and uh, it was primarily directed at um, Bart and Cameron and Philip because they're 16 years old, and Casey and I have been working in the Bible for years and years and years. Casey's 23, almost, and uh, Shane is about her age. So we were directing at, we were directing this at the kids. And um, we were, uh, so here's how we did it. I want to I show you how to teach the Bible. And all you got to do is start off by saying, hey guys, come on into the dining room. We're going to have a Bible study. Wow. You know, if you would say that, that would change the whole dynamic of your home. That's That statement, hey kids, come into the dining room, we're going to have a Bible study, that sends a shockwave through the kingdom of the enemy of Satan because he sees now you're going to do something. So you call him into the dining room and you're only going to take 15 or 20 minutes and you're going to make it fun. And here's how you're going to do it. First of all, you're going to have, everyone's going to have the same Bible because that way you can tell your kids, hey, let's turn to page 1,300, rather than saying, let's turn to 2 Timothy 4.8, because they may not find 2 Timothy 4.8 very easily, but they can find the page number. Everybody's got the same Bible. Everybody can follow along. And then there's a system, which we're going to teach you today. It's called RAD, R-A-D. It stands for Read, Ask, Discuss. And that's what we did yesterday, right, Case? That's right. That's right. We're going to teach you. So if you have a piece of paper, write that down because it's, it's pretty hard to remember. R stands for read. A stands for ask. D stands for discuss. 
And we're going to find out by using that method, you can do this and you can change the lives of your children. And we'll be right back to tell you more. I hope you are enjoying our teaching on real Christianity. If you have questions concerning today's topic, or you would like to receive a free copy of today's message on CD, just call us at 916-444-4444. That's 916-ALL-FOURS. Or you can visit our website at www.MyRealChristianity.com. That's MyRealChristianity.com. On the website, you will find a list of all our past programs. You can choose whatever is helpful to you. Programs like How to Lead Someone to Christ, How to Start Your Day with God, The Lord's Prayer, Faith, and Seven Things God Loves to Hear You Say. Now, let's get back to today's teaching. Thank you, Lisa. Okay, so what we're going to do to help you understand how to do this is Casey and I are going to kind of demonstrate it. And uh, we'll do it like we did last night. And last night, you know, I'm still buzzing and excited and happy over the fact that last night I taught the Bible to those three young boys. I think it's going to make a difference in their life. Now, I'll just tell you, let me tell you really briefly why I'm so excited about this. When I was in the third grade, I I spent the night, I lived in Clearwater, Florida, and I spent the night at my friend's house. His name was Tommy Goodgame. And we got up the next morning and his father, who was a medical doctor, called us into the dining room and said, boys, we're gonna have a Bible study. And Tommy and I were there, both third graders, and his mother and his father. Wow, you know, I'm still thinking about that. That was over 50 years ago. And, you know, I was just so impressed by this fact. This man knew the Bible and taught it. And that, you know, I think that's what started me as a just a very young age, thinking what a great idea this is. Now, Casey, we'll, Casey and I will do it like we did last night. Of course, Casey's so sharp on the Bible um, that she could teach me. But here we'll, we'll uh, pretend like I'm the teacher and Casey's a student. So Casey, why don't you, here's how I do it. Okay, so you ask the kids to sit down and we're gonna use RAD, read, ask, discuss. So the first thing we're gonna do is I'm gonna, once we get them on the right page, which this happens to be page 792 in this Bible, we have the same Bible. And I have a New Living Translation because you know these are kids that um, aren't steeped in the Bible or the King James Version, so I'm trying to pick a version that's easy to read for them. And uh, I would, if Casey, if, if Casey were, uh, were my student, I would say, Casey, would you, uh, going to, um, you see where it says parables of, parables of the hidden treasure and the pearl? Mm-hmm. Could you read those two um, paragraphs for us? The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure field that a man discovered hidden in a field. Or like a treasure that a man discovered hidden in a field. In his excitement, he hid it again and sold everything he owned to get enough money to buy the field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant on the lookout for choice pearls. When he discovered a pearl of great value, he sold everything he owned and bought it. Great. Okay, so first you ask your, ch- your children to read. And if you have several children, you can go around and have each one read a verse. And see, here's what you're going to do. You're not going to lecture them because that's boring for children. You're going to involve them. And see, so first you ask them to read them. And then you go back and I, my, then that's read. Then 
A for ask, I'd say, Casey, what was hidden in a field? A treasure. Now, some kids will look at you kind of blankly like, I don't know. And you have to say, well, uh, take a look at the verse and tell me what was hidden in the field. And they'll look, oh, a treasure. So now they realize they're going to have to be thinking about this and following along or else they're going to look like they don't know what they're doing. So kids will follow along once you start asking them questions. And you want to start by asking them easy questions like, what's hidden in the field? A treasure. And you'd say, now, was it obvious or was it hidden? It was hidden. Okay, so when the man found this treasure hidden in a field, did he just walk on by and say, well, that's interesting. There's a treasure hidden in a field and kept walking, or did he actually do something about it? He sold everything he owned to get enough money to buy the field. Okay. Now, Jesus was calling this thing a treasure. What kind of things does Jesus consider a treasure, do you think? What kind of things would he consider a treasure? A treasure, yeah. Um, innocence, a good heart, a love for God, mercy towards your neighbors. Right, right. Those are all good answers. Now, let me say as a side to you, my listeners, whatever your kids tell you, you should, if it's anywhere close to the ballpark, you say, yes, <laughs> that's right. Good. That's right. That's great. And I'm look. what else? And you keep, you keep involving them. And you'd never say to them, oh, that's stupid. Obviously, you wouldn't say that. Um, then you'd say, well, how about eternal life? Could that be a treasure that Jesus could be talking about here? Yes. Okay. And then you'd say, now, um, so, you know, some of the things that Jesus valued as treasure may not be valued by people you know. Is that true? Yes. Do you, do you know people at school that wouldn't see eternal life as a treasure? Here, they're a little hesitant, I think. <laughs> but yes, that's true. Yeah. And so I was trying to tell the boys last night as I taught them the Bible to distinguish between not everything, you know, we're not talking about BMX bicycles. We're not talking about the latest um, video game. We're talking about something Jesus considered a treasure. And I told the boys, you know, it's a privilege and an honor to walk with Jesus. And in this parable, he said the man sold everything he had and bought the field so he could have the treasure. So then I turned to them and said, are you willing to give up things so that you have the privilege of walking with Jesus? What did they say last night, Casey? They said they were. Yeah. It was very touching because it, you could really see them searching their mind. Did you feel that? Yeah, yeah, they were. Did you feel like we really made an impact on those boys last night? Yeah, they seemed excited to talk about it, and they um, really thought about what they might give up, and they talked about their struggle with what they felt like they should give up. Theirs was profanity. Yeah, and they were they were sitting there, and they were thinking about their lives, right? Yes. About what they had to do for the privilege of owning the field with the treasure in it. Mm-hmm. For the privilege of walking with Jesus, right? That's right. For the privilege of having eternal life. And you know, those boys, uh, the, the whole thing didn't take long. I think we probably spent 15, maybe 20 minutes at the most. And we went through a couple more things. But that's how you teach the Bible. You ask them to read a verse. Then you ask them a question about it. And then you turn to the group and say, let's discuss it. What do you think? What would be a treasure in Jesus' eyes? And then you get a bunch of answers. And you get dialogue going. And you get talking going. And that's how you teach the Bible. It's very simple and so powerful. Didn't you feel, Casey? Yeah, it is. And they seem, you know, they at first they might seem like, oh, Bible study. But they're always excited about it once they're in it. They are. And these, you know, and, and here's what we did. We taught the Bible not just to my son, but to his two friends. How great. 
Mm-hmm. How great that these boys that come over to spend the night, just like Dr. Goodgame taught me, they're getting taught the Word of God. Now, sometimes people say, well, you know, okay, I understand how to, but I just don't have time. You know, I take my kids to church, and that's all the time I have on Sunday. We're only talking about 15 minutes. How long did we spend last night, Casey? 15 minutes, 20 yeah. minutes. 15, 20 minutes a week. Everybody's got that. You know, if you say to me, well, you know, we have soccer, we've got softball, we've got boating, we've got camping. I tell you, those are all good things. But, you know, here's what Jesus said in Matthew 6, Seek third the kingdom of God. <laughs> Wait a minute. Is that right, Casey? No. No, that's not right. Seek tenth the kingdom of God, right? No. No. Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God. How about first before soccer? Right? Yeah. Before boating? You know, take and put 15 minutes into your week to teach your kids these wonderful things. I think it makes the kids feel like you care about them too when you take the time to do it. That is such a good point. That is such a good point. And it establishes you as someone who is the authority, an authority at least, in the Bible, in their home. So when they have questions, what do you think they're going to do? They're going to go ask you. Now, you are well able to do this. John 16, 15, Jesus said, You did not choose me, but I chose you, and I anointed you, that you should go forth and bear fruit, and that your fruit should remain. You're anointed to do this. If you love the Lord Jesus, you're anointed to do this. You can do this. If you need help, you call us and we will help you. But you go do this and you're gonna sow into the hearts of your children the most powerful concepts, the Lordship of Jesus, the forgiveness of sin, the receiving of Christ as Savior, the willingness to walk with Jesus their whole life. Because if you raise the child up in the way he should go, when he's old, he will not depart from it. I hope you've got the magic and the power of this. We'll talk about it more, and until next week, remember, we're here for you and we love you. We here at Real Christianity hope that today's message was a blessing to you. You can get a free copy of today's teaching at 916-444-4444. That's 916-ALL-FOURS. Or you can visit our website at www.myrealchristianity.com. That's myrealchristianity.com. Here is a final thought from Mosley. You know, I don't want to end this broadcast without inviting you, my dear listener, to receive Jesus Christ as Savior. The Bible says in John chapter 1 that when Jesus, the Son of God, came to earth, his own received him not, But as many as did receive him, to all who believed in him, to them he gave the power and the right to become the children of God. They were born again and received the wonderful gift of eternal life. If you don't know Jesus as your Savior, but you would receive him now into your heart and life, pray with me. Lord Jesus, forgive my sins. Come into my heart. Be my Savior. Amen. If you sincerely prayed that prayer, the Bible teaches you are born again 
You have Christ as your Savior, and you have eternal life as you follow Him. If you want more help, please visit our website at myrealchristianity.com or call me at 916-ALL-FOURS. May God richly bless you, and I'll be here with you again next week. Thank you for listening, and until next week, may God bless you always.